The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you the crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the world-famous Jonesy and Brown Show. We are your Philly Sports Bulls. That's Mike Jones. I am John Brown, here to talk Philly sports with you, here to talk... Happy New Year to everyone, except for the Philadelphia Eagles. Mike Jones, uh, I have an assignment for you. I have a task for you to, to start the show. I'm listening. I would like you to finish this sentence for me. The Eagles haven't been this frustrating to watch since. Last year. Last year. You were this frustrated with them last year. Stretch of games when... C.D. Deuce, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, whatever we're calling them these days, Mm -hmm. and Avante Maddox were both out. Mm -hmm. The defense looked bad. It was very – you remember that stretch Mm -hmm. where it was like four or five games, every quarterback was setting career marks against us? You you don't remember that stretch? I don't know. Maybe maybe – we all Maybe forgot about it because the year ended in the Super Bowl. That but is during, true. But during that stretch, mm-hmm. watching the Eagles' defense was extremely frustrating. Like they pulled out the they pulled out some wins, mm-hmm. but go go back and look at the QB num- opposing QB numbers during that stretch last year. It. So it really wasn't that long ago when I was frustrated mm-hmm. watching when I was highly frustrated watching Eagles football. So you're saying at this point, you would call your feelings about this team right now just highly frustrated. Because they're definitely, especially after the game on Sunday, mm-hmm. there were people ready to jump off that bridge. There were people ready to claw their eyes out. There were people pulling their hairs out. There, You know, the pitchforks were out. Mm-hmm. The, you know, jobs were being called for. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. So come come playoffs, and we are in the Eagles are in the playoffs. But let's not act like this team is season over. They fell completely apart and look, they're in the playoffs. They're in. They technically still have a shot at the two seed. It's a so, long shot, but they do have a shot. Uh, it's not a soup. I mean, they win and one team lose. It's they need some help. But yeah. You can't even really call it a long shot. The division They're both divisional games. Mm-hmm. In divisional games, anything's known to happen. That is true. That is true. So, like, I'm not saying it's the favorite that, like, I'd be betting that it happens. Yeah. But I wouldn't call it, like, the longest of long shots either. And Dallas you know? has struggled on the road. Right. Dallas has struggled on the road, and it's a division game. Mm-hmm. So it's not impossible to think mm-hmm. that they could lose. 
I don't expect Dallas to lose, but and they shouldn't. They, they shouldn't don't expect lose. them to lose. I don't expect them to lose. They shouldn't lose. They could, but it's not out. But it's yeah. not out of the realm of possibility. Agree. Agree. So, Agree. but, but Avante Maddox is back. So yes, real quick, Avante Maddox is back. By the playoffs, I expect him to be in game shape. He hasn't played since what week two, mm-hmm. so. I expect him to be in game shape. I expect Shaq Leonard to be more acclimated with the defense. I expect mm-hmm. the whole defense to be more acclimated with what Matt Patricia is trying to do. Mm-hmm. So there is okay. How do I say? It's not a hopeless situation. It's so they're reinforced. Slay back Maddox back in game shape. You know. Slay's not p- playing Sunday, though. He's not playing Sunday. Slay's, Slay is out for Sunday. Uh, Devontae Smith out for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Missing the first game of his career. Correct. In three in three seasons, he misses game 17 of his third season. You know, we talked about him being skin and bones from the time he got to town. From the time he got to town. Here he is. Almost going three whole seasons before he misses his first game. And misses one, and he only expected to be one game. We no one's expecting yeah, him to be, miss a playoff yeah. game. No, 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 no. But let's circle back real quick. Let's let's put a little time and talk about this game against Arizona at at first. You want to do that? Yeah, yeah, we got to. We got to. We got to move. Uh, let's let's take a few steps backwards before we move forward. Last time you and I did a show, we it was right before the Seattle game. We talked about yeah, the opportunities took, for some get right. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed needed, our break. Took a couple get weeks off. Right before the right before the Seattle to, game, we mm-hmm. lost to Seattle. Yeah, we did. That wasn't no get right. Wasn't the opportunity was there for some get right? They were up in the fourth quarter. They were up late in the fourth quarter. Late in the fourth quarter. There was a good chance that the get right was there. The get right was there for the taking. Because mm-hmm. honestly, even if it was an ugly win, and it, it, it would have been an ugly win. Even if it was an ugly win, a win is a win. To be able to go to go across the country and beat a team that has had a lot of success against you. Given the way the last couple of weeks had played out, that might have, you know, that could have been huge. But they lose. They lose. They lose late. Mm-hmm. They come back and they beat the Giants. The Giants is garbage, but whatever. They beat the Giants. Win is a win. Mm-hmm. They control, they go into last week controlling their own destiny. Knowing that all they have to do is beat a three-win Arizona team and a Giants team that's already setting tea times. (laughs) This is all true. That's what's in front of you. What happens? They go and play Arizona and they get embarrassed. That loss was embarrassing. It was hurtful. Hurt my soul, brother. That was painful to watch. It was bad. I I watched an Arizona team with three wins. 
Never punt. Their punter didn't even need to take a shower after the game. Their punter could have the just, just changed his clothes, put his uh, street clothes back on, uh, back on, and just dipped. What did he need to shower for? He didn't play. He didn't get on the field. Once again, two uh, once again, not two weeks in a row, but uh, two out of the last three weeks, at a uh, they blow a late fourth quarter lead. Had the lead. Mm-hmm. Coach of the Arizona Cardinals, former uh, defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, dared this team to go down, go down, team, uh, go downfield and, and win this game. Kicked an onside kick. Gave them the ball on the 39-yard line. This is all true. What happens? Jordan Mylai gets called for a hold. It's now third and 20. They get to third and 20 after going QB draw, QB draw, bubble screen. They have the ball on the 39-yard line. They go offensive holding, QB mm-hmm. draw, QB draw, bubble screen. Mm-hmm. That, that's what they did. On that bubble screen, your number two wide receiver, 1,000-yard catch uh, receiver, 1,000 yards. Sprains his ankle. Your number one wide receiver, who is also in on the play, visibly frustrated. They kick a field goal. The defense does what they do. All The defense then goes out on the field, and, and they do what they have done that whole entire game, which is give up a touchdown. Eagles lose to the Cardinals, 35-31. Cardinals had three wins. The vibes are bad, Mike Jones. See, JB, I'm listening to the you. The vibes are really bad, Mike Jones. JB, I'm listening to you. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you really put a lot of thought into this. I have. And I absolutely have not. Why not? You know, because I don't feel like there's at Anything at all that I can learn from what I saw in the last three weeks mm-hmm. that would make this team better. There's nothing I can learn from what they need to do is forget anything that ever happened in the last three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. Is that even possible, though? Can and you they, do that? They got to start from scratch. How do you they start from to... scratch? Week, week, it's week 18. What what was there to build off of in the last three, four weeks defensively? (laughs) What do you have to build off of? Nothing. You got a different defensive coordinator coordinator in there. Mm -hmm. You don't really have anything to build off of. You're starting from scratch defensively. That's why I'm not even thinking about week 18 at this point. I'm thinking about the playoffs. Hopefully by that time you have everyone back healthy and you've had time for everyone to acclimate to the new defensive schemes, the changes in defense with 
with Patricia as the play caller. So winning week seventeen, week 18, great. Losing week 18 doesn't really matter unless the Cowboys lose a game they're not supposed to lose anyway. Mm-hmm. So I just want to see this team ready for the playoffs at this point. If that means some guys have to get extra snaps, if that means some guys need rest, Whatever you got to do to make sure this team is 100% ready to go in the playoffs is what I need at this point. Mm-hmm. Because if you show up home or away in the playoffs and look like you've looked the last four or five, four, five weeks or so, mm-hmm. you're going home in, re- in the first round. Yeah. Agree. Because it's not... Well, yeah, guys are getting beat all over the place. Guys are missing tackles, not wrapping up. But really what I'm the one thing I will say this about what I've seen when I watch the Eagles play. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you see when you watch the Ravens defense play? See people swarming to the ball. I see a lot I see pressure being put on the quarterback. I see I see DBs playing up on wide receivers. Okay, so I, all the scheme stuff, I agree with you. I see all of that. And then now I'm going to ask you, what do you see when you watch the 49ers defense play? I see a lot of the same thing. I see pressure being put on the quarterback. I see a team playing with confidence. I see guys make I see guys making plays. Now I'll tell you the two things I see because I agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. But I see a t- defenses, yeah, they play with confidence, but there's also a level of violence that they play with that I don't see from the Eagles defense. Like you've got big mountains of men like Jordan Davis, who I think is too nice a guy sometimes. Like I want, I want to see that guy get mad and use his realize how big he is and throw someone around. That's mm-hmm. what I like. That, I want this defense to play angry, get out there and like be excited to go hit people. Mm-hmm. This is still a violent sport, and all the scheme stuff is good. And I do want to see them get all the scheme stuff right, but I need to see them up their level of physicality. Mm. That's what I need to see for no, that's a good point. More than that's anything a good else. Point. That's a real good point. Because when you think about when you think about the point that you just made, playing playing violently, playing aggressively. Mm-hmm. That's how they beat the San Francisco 49ers. Don't let people don't let people blame or use Brock Purdy's injury as their as an excuse as to why the Eagles beat the 49ers. Go back and watch the beginning Brock, of that game, Brock, the middle of Brock, that game. Brock, the the Brock Eagles were after everyone. Yeah. Brock they Purdy, Purdy did not they Brock were after Purdy whoever didn't get hurt. backup was. Mm-hmm. And then Brock when Purdy, Purdy came back in, they were after him against again. the Eagles. Brock Purdy did not get hurt against the Eagles. The Eagles hurt Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. He didn't get Brock Purdy didn't get injured playing against the the Philadelphia Eagles. 
The Philadelphia Eagles went out there and injured Brock Purdy. That's what I need to see. And maybe Jordan Davis realizes that he's like 500 pounds and he's afraid to fall on a quarterback. But maybe that's something that we need to see. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I want Jordan Davis to look forward to making the quarterback feel pay. Exactly. Exactly. No, I mean, let's that, let's roll that's with what the sport, that you that's made. what the sport is. That's what the sport is. That's I mean, it's like that's what we need to see. I, I'm 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 with you on that. Let's let let's roll with that because I feel like honestly, and and this is some where, where I've been all week. You and I, Jonesy and Brown, Mike Jones and John Brown. Mm-hmm. We've now been working together for a while, like six seven years. Yep. You are you are now easily the longest partner I've had since I've started to do po- podcasts. This show has pretty much spanned what three or four different incarnations. Over that time, we have covered a lot of football, a lot of Eagles teams, and, you know, some good times and some bad times. We were together during that four eleven and one season. Mm-hmm. That was bad. That was bad. And one of the things that we talked about during that season, we talked about the type of vibes that come with a bad football team. Things that are issues when you're covering a bad football team. Things that become stories when you're covering a bad football team that don't happen when your team is winning. Team has lost four or five games. Now you're talking about is the locker room fractured. Now you're talking about, is this guy disgruntled? Is this guy upset? You're questioning the leadership of people. Mm -hmm. These are the issues. This is what's been coming up all week. And I wanted to talk to you because I know that you are somebody who does not necessarily subscribe to the line of thinking most fans subscribe to. You don't fall into those traps. So I wanted to know from you, from because you've you've heard the stories like I've heard them, you've read them like I've read them. You on Twitter? You on you, you on the good Twix like me? I have. Uh, see, like, you you hear about AJ Brown? You you saw the story from Marcus Hayes. My question AJ, to you is, I'm sorry. Go ahead. AJ Make- Brown. AJ Brown. I'm not worried about AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Honestly. There's only one player on the offense that I have any concerns about, really. Um, most of my issues, yeah, they not tend to lie on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Defensive line doesn't seem to be getting home the way they need to. The linebackers are the linebackers. The secondaries aging in spots and very young and inexperienced in other spots. Mm-hmm. It's no gray it's the, area with that secondary. They're either really old or they're really young. Except for Maddox, who should technically be in his prime, but but he can't stay on the field. He's always right. hurt. Yeah, I'm almost I'm almost afraid Avante Maddox is going to become uh, like like Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks was here. I like so, Jordan. I like, I like Jordan too. Hicks as a football player. I liked him I, too, but he couldn't stay I on the field when he was here. 
But when he was on the field, he made plays. Yeah, I, that's, yeah. I actually was on the record on one of the versions of this show saying I wanted the Eagles to re-sign him when he was yeah. a free agent the year he left. Yeah, I, I know that. My, my point is, it, it wasn't that Jordan Hicks was a bad player, but the fact of the matter is, he's had some success since he left here. But while he was here, he couldn't stay healthy. Right. Well, I get it. And I'm I'm and I feel like what's going to happen is the Eagles are going to feel like they need to move on from Avante Maddox, and he will go somewhere else and actually and find a level of health and, mm-hmm. and put things together. You'll watch him stay healthy and become a player with somebody else when when he's here, all he does is get hurt. Yes. I would sound very Philadelphia. <laughs> but that, but nonetheless, you you – You've gone through this week like I've gone through this week. And despite whatever we've talked about, despite whatever's going on, this team is still 11 and 5. Mm-hmm. But yet, you got it. I know you see it, man. The vibes feel like this team is 5 and 11. People act like this team is 5 and 11. They're ready to fire the head coach. The, 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 vibes, from, to- the vibes from the fans. Absolutely feel like this team is four and twelve, five and eleven. That's why I actually went through making that point earlier that yeah. let's not act like this team is going to the playoffs and still yeah. has a chance. There's the still more feet. football like, to be played after this week. Absolutely. This is this year is not over. And you know what it is. It's it's really two things. Last year. We watched this team go to the Super Bowl and not be quite good enough to get it done. Mm -hmm. This year, we came into the season hoping, expecting that this year's team would be better. We We were looking at it like the whole offense is still intact. We brought in DeAndre Swift, who put up crazy numbers on us and then uh, last year. And then defensively, oh, we got Jalen Carter. We dra- we have fact, we had two first round Georgia guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we lost our linebackers, but Nicobe N- N- Dean, he should be good. We sold ourselves on Reed Blankenship. This team had long story short, this team had expectations. Yeah. That last year's team did not. Mm-hmm. Like Jalen Hurts' his first year as a starter, they went what, what nine and seven and backdoored into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Once they basically stopped letting Hurts throw the ball a lot, they that was when this team found their identity as a running team, mm-hmm. and they make made it to the playoffs. Then the next year. This they still came in with that running team identity. They we still weren't completely sold on Jalen Hurts coming into the year last year. Go back and listen to our tape. I had questions about I myself had questions about Hurts every show for at least the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. At least the first half. So this year. We had expectations, whereas last year they overachieved expectations. 
the year before they overachieved expectations. I don't know that as a fan base, we know what to do when we have championship, the true championship expectations mm-hmm. that like, like it or not, this is not a team that is a city really that has historically done well with championship expectations. You're right, you're right. Like, like the championship runs tend to come as underdogs, mm-hmm. you know, dog mass with the Eagles. Like the Phillies in 08, everybody saw them as being a year ahead of schedule. And then mm-hmm. the years when they were actually supposed to win and had four aces and everything, those years weren't championship years. Mm-hmm. Hey, real quick, I uh, got a viewer comment. Uh, Bryant says, when has Philly ever really had patience with any of their teams? Always understood fans call for blood and only let off when there is actual <laughs> blood. Brian, thank you for the comment. No, you're absolutely right. That first year of Nick Sirianni, they go nine and seven. They overachieved a little bit because Mm -hmm. at one point in this season, at one point in that season, I came on this air and I was, I came on this show and was ready to call for Nick Sirianni's job. This guy's not the guy. I wasn't that, but the first year of Nick Sirianni, we didn't know anything about him. No. He's talking about flowers and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I was you're, over that. I was you're ready. Coming, you're coming off a year where you had, what, four wins? Mm-hmm. Well, how many wins you had, Carson's, last year? Uh, four wins. Carson's last yeah. year. They four, went 4-11-1. 4 11 and one. One. Right. one So then you move on from Carson. You have, at that point, what is the largest dead cap hit in NFL history. Uh-huh. You, you, your roster is going to have all sorts of holes if you go, you have the largest dead money in NFL history. Yep. We went into that first year with no expectations. We really didn't think Hurts was going to be that great at that point. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that year, he wasn't that great of a quarterback. Yeah. He showed some signs, showed some flashes here and there. I think – there was a lot to be desired. So there was a lot to be desired, and I think honestly, you came out of that nine and seven, se- that nine and seven season, saying, "Hey, you know what? This they overachieved. Be, this defense can be pretty good, and at mm-hmm. the very least, maybe you have a you, at least a, a game manager in you, this quarterback. Mm-hmm. You might not have a, you might not actually, have a spread, but you might. You but honestly, after the nine and seven season. We didn't really think we had either had a game manager in Hurts. We didn't think Hurts was that guy. No, what, I, we, what we really thought was that we had an offensive line, a good running game, and the pieces. Because remember, going into that offseason, we had what two, three first rounders. Mm-hmm. We had like two first rounders or something yeah. like that. We had a and lot people of people wanted to trade those two first rounders for Russell Wilson. But that was the thing. We thought we had the infrastructure and assets to get the quarterback. Mm-hmm. More so than we necessarily thought, Hertz was the guy. After well, his no, first I, year, I, I think I think people came out of that nine and seven season saying, "Hey, we're not sure if Hertz is the guy, but Hertz isn't inept. Hertz isn't horrible." I think there were people with the we a thought, little. We thought he had earned the chance to get a full year as a starter to see what he could actually do. Yeah, at 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 the risk of using one of what. My thoughts are 
an overused term. We, he earned the right to see what we had. Let's let's see right. what we have in, mm-hmm. in Jalen Hurts. And in that second season, that they they overachieved even more. In the sense that, mm-hmm. okay, maybe you ha- at the very least you have a playoff team, and this playoff team made a run to the championship, made a run to the Super Bowl. So now, like you said, they've now come in, and now this team has expectations. Mm-hmm. You've now given this quarterback a boatload of money. We've sat here, and after years of of criticizing Howie Roseman and and taking him to you know to the woodshed over some of these decisions that he's made. Now we're saying, okay, all right, Howie's figured it out. And although what seems like most of his moves last year hit, a lot of his moves this year haven't. Let some people walk. Some replacements aren't necessarily the guys we thought they were. A couple of draft picks that we thought might be, might be, might take that step forward and soften the blow of people we've let walk out, walk out the door, haven't necessarily been that. So now, once again, we're back to a side eye for Howie Roseman. Side-eye for Jalen Hurts. Side-eye for Nick Sirianni. Like I said, people are calling for his job. That's excessive. Man's been been here three years, been in the playoff three years. Yeah. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's got 11 wins this year, possibly Mm -hmm. 12. Mm Mm-hmm. Why, why are we talking about getting this man's like if we would talk about his coordinator hires? Yeah, we, we could talk about his coordinator hires. All right. Well, and well, if he decides to go the Doug Peterson, I mean, the Doug Peterson route of be, to being overly loyal to his coordinators, then you know that is what it is. Yeah. But, I want to I want to shout out somebody real quick. I want to shout out my man Andy Greth, aka the Iceman. Um because I I had asked a question on on Twix earlier this week. You know, if if Nick were to follow the Doug Sirianni, uh the Doug Sirianni, the Doug Peterson role. And ride for his coordinators and say, hey, you know what? I understand we're down on Johnson. I understand we're down on Decide, but they're my guys. I believe in them. I'm not going to fire them. Do you fire Nick? And Iceman said, fire? No. But maybe, and this is for the people who are watching the, the, the webcast, I'm throwing up the air quotes, agree to part ways. So yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing, but you know, it's how it's all how you word wording. Yeah, everybody's gonna know he got fired. Yeah, everyone, and, of course. We yeah, all know the Doug got fired, but I think that was wasn't that the, wasn't that it, what yeah, they said. I, I don't, I'm not gonna play that. Yeah, I'm not gonna play that game. This is about what actually happened. These dudes got this dude got Peterson got fired. If Sirianni is unwilling to budge off his coordinators the way Peterson was, then yeah, he gets fired too. And I'm call 
and I'm calling Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh? Oh, really? That's who I'm calling. Okay. He coaches violent football. <laughs> and that's what this team needs. This team needs to be violent. Mm-hmm. I, I can dig it. So, I can dig it. You come out violent against New York. Mm-hmm. You come out violent do. against New York. You had them ready to put uh what's the boy they benched uh DeVito. <laughs> Tommy because, back in the game. Yeah, you you put you have them so violent they put DeVito back in the game. I would like that. I could take that. I felt like I felt like the vibe grew bad. Vibes been bad. And then Marcus Hayes came out with that article about uh, A.J. Brown earlier in the week. A.J. Brown decided to speak. And honestly, I felt for I felt slightly better. I felt like that was for the fans, not necessarily for the team, because in the end, team, team knows what they need to do. Team needs to come out there and win on Sunday. So it's like, you know, what we need as fans and what the team needs completely different. Team's problems are still the team's problems. Team's problems still is play calling. Team's problems still schemes. Team's problems still tackle, you know, bad tackling. Putting teams away. You know, you can go back and forth. But I felt a but as a fan, I'm speaking strictly as a fan, I felt a little better. Because I felt like, and I because I I was talking to a friend of mine this week after AJ Brown had refused to speak to the media earlier in the week, and he was saying, "Hey man, it might be time to get rid of AJ Brown, man. I'm sick of these antics." And I'm like, "No, this is different. This isn't this this isn't your normal diva wide receiver behavior, in my opinion." To me, this is okay. different. Uh, so when you say he's sick of A.J. Brown's antics, what's A.J. really done? I think antics is an overused term. I think they're talking about, you know, here he is. He doesn't want to talk to the media. You know, he was visibly upset. Looked like, you know, he, he looked visibly frustrated. And I think we've seen that in the past from certain wide receivers over the years. And we naturally attribute actions like that to self-centeredness. Guys being me guys. Whereas I felt I, having watched the game, felt like A.J. Brown was more frustrated in the way that I was frustrated. Where this wasn't like you—you've seen this from guys. I mean, let's keep it real. We've seen it, guys like uh, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown. I mean, I don't want my players to look happy when they're losing or not Ex- playing well. Exactly. That doesn't bother me. Exactly. But but what, but do you see the point that I'm trying to make? You're like two days later. Yeah, you're allowed to be happy. Next day, oh, but like but, but, in but, the but, moment but, when they like fresh off a loss. I want you to be upset and 
but but you have seen in the past where you know where you've seen a frustrated wide receiver and they try and it's more made into that person's being a diva. We've talked but, about diva. But hold on, this is what I mean. Like you, they're the Eagles are losing games and not playing well. I want you to be upset about that. No, no, no. A, a, a diva, a diva is a guy who the team is playing well, but he's yelling at the quarterback because he only got two, three targets. That y'all are winning. Shut up and win. Yeah. If no. Y'all are, if y'all are losing and not playing well, the entire t- team should be unhappy about losing and not playing well. Yeah. You and These I are, are different the, things. You and I are on the same page. You and I are true. No, we, we we're on the same page. What I'm saying is that people, I feel like people are taking the frustration of AJ Brown being frustrated because they're losing and trying to make this into what these divas are doing. And yeah, I'm saying that's not the same. It's not the same. No, thing no, at all. no. It's not the same thing. I understand. No, we're we're in agreement. No, it's not the same thing. It's completely different. Yes, yeah. Like I said, you and I are on the same page. I just think people people see the frustration and want to just blindly put it into a category it does not belong in. So, there are a couple things you know since you've met me. Yeah, I'm anti shoot first point guard. I like my quarterbacks to be passers first. Okay. And I'm anti-diva receiver. Yes, yes. You, you've you never heard me even suggest anything about we need to get rid of AJ. No, no. At, no. at no point have I looked at AJ and said, this guy's acting like a diva receiver. No. I mean, truth be told, I'm, a, I'm pretty much a firm believer that you don't win with diva receiver, not at the highest level. No, name one. You when's and the last I. Time you, when's you the last time I, you saw a diva receiver win? You saw some really talented ones win, dude. I've I've never ducked an argument with you, man. Over the over these same years, look, look, man. When I've thought you were wrong, I've told you when you were wrong. You were not wrong here. When I'm. What I am saying is, I feel like people are trying to put AJ Brown in that diva oh, no, I, category, I understand, and I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to you. Okay, I'm talking to those people who are doing who that. that. Yeah. All right. This yeah. isn't you and me debating. This okay. is me okay. talking to them right now. Okay. Just, just as long as you know that I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Oh, oh okay. yeah. We're, okay. We're, okay. This, this ain't us arguing. Like. Okay. Yeah, this is okay. just I'm elaborating, building on your point at this point. Okay. So I'm speaking to the people okay. that no need problem. to understand this is not what AJ Brown is doing. No, no, you know? no I, I I felt like you know when I earlier in the show when I explained to you that sequence of plays following the the Cardinals onside kick. Holding call, QB draw, QB draw, bubble screen. The frustration was high, bro. So to see AJ Brown, I'm sitting there looking like, but AJ Brown was me. 
A.J. Brown was Mike Jones. A.J. Brown was a lot of people. You look at that Eagles offense. You look at that Eagles offensive line. And then you see what they what that offensive line has behind them. They have a 3,500 yard, a, a 30, a 3,500 yard quarterback. Two thousand yard wide receivers. A thousand yard running back. And a coach that just gave them the ball on a 39 yard line. And dared them to score a touchdown. They go QB draw, QB draw, bubble screen. Now, see, here's the question I have to ask, though. Go ahead. You got it. Having listened to A.J. Brown's most recent press conference and such, the question I have to ask is how much of what is going on is on the coaching and play calling. We've all been down on Brian Johnson this year, the offensive coordinator. But how much of that really comes back to the quarterback just not running the plays that are called? And is that a matter of he got paid, he thinks he's the superstar now, and like, I can't blame the coordinator if the co- if the QB just isn't running the called plays. Mm. Like, we're talking, you know, the coach is making himself look like a fool in press conferences to cover for his guys to keep the group together. But it comes out, yeah, we we just freestyled on that play, did whatever we wanted. That's the quarterback. You don't freestyle a play unless the quarterback freestyles the play. No other position has the ability to do that. I'm, Mike, I'm, I'm, I want to ask your forgiveness because I'm going to commit a uh, I'm going to commit a cardinal sin and I'm going to answer a question with a question because I want to go back farther than this to a conversation you and I had during the Carson Wentz era when we tried to pinpoint where things started to take that turn for Carson Wentz. And we talked about after after coming back from that ACL injury. Mm -hmm. There's Nick Cole shrine up and all that. Mm -hmm. And Wentz hit a point where it seemed like he felt he had to make the hero play on every play. But what team did he come back to? He came back to a team that didn't have his offensive coordinator. Didn't have his quarterback coach. Mm -hmm. And this is a point that you made. As far as what made Carson Wentz successful. And that was a quarter, uh, uh, offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach that preached mechanics, mechanics, mechanics. He comes back to a situation where that's not necessarily as stressed as it was before, and you see it in his game, and he starts to regress. Well, Jalen Hurts, he did lose his offensive coordinator, 
But his, he's still got his, he, his, quarter, his, his quarterback his, coach is still here. His, yeah, his quarterback coach is still here, but his he's quarterback the coach is now the offensive coordinator. So but, he can't work with that. Jaylen. But that okay. maintains a, a higher level of what's the word of consistency of than what was there for, for like for, with Wentz. You took the two guys that were there, QB coach and coordinator, got rid of them, and put two new guys in place. Because remember when um those guys left, the QB coach went to be the O coordinator with the mm-hmm. o, with the old O coordinator. They left mm-hmm. together. Yeah, they took the promotions together. Yeah, this uh, Brian Johnson was handpicked for the job for Jalen Hurts to precisely to avoid that situation. Yeah, but He's the guy he, Brian Johnson was the guy who was hired to provide continuity. That's the word I wanted for. Not mm-hmm. he to give consistency and continuity to Jalen Hurts. He's he's not supposed to be being looked at as something new. He's mm-hmm. in-house, he knows what it is. He was the QB coach. So if anybody should be focused on QB details, it should be him. And I think that's why the drop the results have not been as severe as it was for Carson Wentz. Whereas when Carson Wentz was at his worst, that team was four eleven and one. This is still an this is still an eleven win team. However, something is off with this offense, and I understand that. Yes, the guy that the guy that preached the mechanics that helped you be that Super Bowl quarterback that you were is still within the organization. Yeah. But he is not working with you as closely as he was when he was your person when he was your right. quarterback. So how about we how about we look at it like this? I'm gonna ask you a question because okay. you're asking all that. What what if all those questions I had about Hertz last year were accurate and he was a product of being a guy who made eight hundred thousand dollars and had a loaded roster around him? in a similar vein to what we accuse Rock Purdy of being. What if Jalen Hurts was that? And now that he's making an extra $49 million a year, mm-hmm. he's re- he may not be the guy we thought he was to really support that that gap, that deficiency of talent. Because when you pay a quarterback, there's a talent drain. Yeah, no, no. And you, and you pay the right. quarterback – because you believe he's able to sustain the offense and make up for that talent drain. What if we were wrong? That is a reality I'm not ready to accept yet, but that's a legitimate question. What we've seen on the field mm-hmm. at least beg, at least warrants asking the question. No, no, you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. And, and like, remember, and I'm not saying this isn't me saying, oh, Hertz is trash. I'm saying maybe he wasn't quite the superstar we made him out to be. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I, I agree. I don't believe I mean, it's saying he was what, a, a second, third, a second round draft pick that was projected to be a third round draft pick. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be a backup in the league. That usually happens to guys for a reason. We saw a loaded roster with a quarterback making $800,000 go on a run. When that happens in San Francisco, we say, oh, well, is the quarterback not making anything? They have a loaded roster. 
But when it happened here, we wanted to convince ourselves the quarterback's a superstar. Mm-hmm. Maybe the truth is somewhere a little more in, in, the, in middle. the middle. No, no, you're absolutely right. And unfor- and and fortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, there's only one way to figure that out, and that's on the field. Like you said, like the point that you have made during this show, season is not over. As much as we, as much as a lot of people want to believe that the season's over, it's not. It's not. They have at least one more game to play after next week. Mm-hmm. And yes, it. We don't know who we're, who the Eagles will play. We don't know who we're going to play. Whether it be Atlanta, whether it be oh, not not Atlanta, excuse me, um, New Orleans or Tampa Bay. Whoever wins that division. Whoever wins that division. That's assuming we stay in the five seed. Yeah. The Cowboys win and all that good stuff. That's well, first of all, that's reverse psychology right there. Because I'm I'm going to sit here and I'm going to say that I expect the Cowboys to win. I do too. I've already said that. I I believe that the Cowboys should win. I believe there's just no reason for the Cowboys to lose. So therefore should beat Washington. Washington's not a good football team this year. So, therefore, if they somehow come out here and lose, I expect to give the Cowboys fans all the smoke. Monumental amounts of smoke. Philly's got to go out there and win, too. No, no, I understand. Look, no, I'm going to give Cowboys fans all the smoke regardless (laughs) because, you know, it's it's like it's a no-lose situation for the Eagles. You know, if they somehow choke this game away or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, it's par for the course of how they played this last month. Cowboys been riding high. Cowboys fans believe that they're back. Mm-hmm. So if they come out here and somehow lose this game and then lose the division, I'm giving them all smoke. I'm cracking all the jokes. It, 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 I'm going to just get on Twitter and just, just, just show my behind. Not literally, but you know, that's just how it's gonna be. But none, but nonetheless, the fact still remains. I, I, the Cowboys should win. Cowboys should beat the, uh, the Commanders. That, 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 that's, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to sweat that. So nonetheless, the point that I am trying to make, the, the overall point that I am trying to make is there should be a belief, a level of belief that the Eagles can beat either the Tampa Bay Bucks or the New Orleans Saints. They've already beaten the Bucks this season. Uh, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't believe they can beat those teams question is will they beat those teams that's a different conversation and where we should feel like we should be at a point where we could call something like that a sure thing we can't with this team at this point in the year that's the truth that's the truth that's the honest to god truth yeah no you're 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 right about that you know we we we, you want to be able to Mm mm-hmm you absolutely want to be able to, but you can't. And that's like, like right now, Sixers aren't a perfect team, but if they're playing a bottom half team, you can count on the Sixers win. 
Uh, yeah, and and you, and you and, can't uh, say the same about the Eagles. And and in fact, it's funny. Is like, you know, not not to not to shift to to the Sixers, but the Sixers are doing what you what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. And it's like it feels like we're almost used to the opposite. We're used to teams playing down to right to the level of a lower opponent, where the Sixers are doing exactly what they should be, and that's blowing out garbage teams. You sit there and you look at the Sixers and you look at the success that they've had and you say, hey, well, who have they played? They're blowing out garbage teams. Exactly. That's what they're supposed to be doing. How would we feel if they were up there beating garbage teams by five every night? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to – I'm going to stop this now because I don't want to turn this into a Sixers conversation. No, I understand. And I didn't – I just said that to make the point that – like. You sh- we should be in a place when a team is good. Yes, you generally feel confident when they're playing a bad team. Yeah, and unfortunately, that is a feeling you lack with the Eagles. Agreed. So, but could but let me ask you this: so Could, could they change? Situ- uh, no. So okay. what I'm saying, it's not a hopeless situation, but. I wouldn't advise anybody to be putting their life savings on the Eagles and fan duel over the next couple of weeks either. Understood. I, I understood. I understand. So let me ask you this as we get ready to wrap things up. Is there anything that the Eagles can do in this one week, in this one game against the Giants, that could change how you feel? That could change your level of confidence? To make you say, hey, you know what? Maybe this team could do some things in the playoffs. Is there anything that could be do this week against the Giants? Yeah, this week. No. 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 It's the Giants. So if they come out here and they just blow the doors off the Giants. It's the Giants. It's the Giants. Okay, no, un- understood. Nothing understood. you could do this week. Understood. That being said, do the Eagles blow the doors off the Giants this weekend? Don't know, don't care. I hear you, brother. I, I, I understand. I understand. Look, next time we talk, we'll be talking playoff football, though. That's what I'm ready for. You ready for the playoffs? I'm ready for that. You're ready for the playoffs. Are the Eagles ready for the playoffs? That's another story. <laughs> Definitely. But you're, you're ready for the playoffs. I'm ready for it. I hear you. I hear you. Well, look, let's 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 uh, let's come back next week and we'll talk some playoff football, right? Mm. Looking forward to it. All right, hey, y'all, tell us what you think of the show. Hit us up: Facebook, Instagram, Twix at bitw sports at Jonesy and Brown. Remember, download this podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Just go to bitwsports.com, ladies and gentlemen. That man is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. Y'all enjoy y'all weekend. Enjoy week 18 of the NFL. Enjoy uh, what was it, uh, Monday night, which is a uh, national championship game. Real quick, uh, who do you got winning national championship in uh, football and college? 
Harbaugh. Harbaugh, okay. I got well, Harbaugh. I got Harbaugh. You got you got Harbaugh winning and leaving and becoming the Eagles' next head coach uh, all in one week. I, I understand that. <laughs> I don't remember saying all that. <laughs> it, it, it is all good. Hey, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy uh, enjoy the sports. I'm John Brown. That's Mike Jones. Y'all have a good weekend, y'all. Peace. This podcast is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. To subscribe, download, and follow on social media, go to bitwsports.com. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.